Good morning. It is good to be with you all, as as every Sunday is. And uh, I am, for one, excited to be here this morning, not only to worship Jesus, but to share um, what I feel like he's saying uh, right now, which is always a joy. Um, But as we start, I just want to pray. Father, thank you so much for this beautiful morning. We give you praise for the sunshine physically uh, upon our faces this morning. Um, And we also, God, give you praise and thanks for the sun continually shining upon us. God, we are thankful for people that know what they're doing, that can fix problems like that. Um, and seriously, and God, we thank you for the whole body. Um, and we thank you that, that's, that our son, that your son, Jesus, continually shines and portrays a love towards us as sons and daughters to equip us to be a family, united, to share in gifts, to share um, mutual encouragement. God, to see the glory of Jesus reflected off of us into the world around us. And so it's our delight, Jesus, to be with you, um, to be with each other, and to enjoy your presence this morning. God, I specifically ask that you would just come. God, that you would just um, uh, anoint this word, Holy Spirit, that you would speak, uh, that um, more of you would increase uh, and I would decrease. Um, Father, so that your heart would be portrayed. Um, Lord, we love you. We honor you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, It is a new year, and so this message this morning might find itself as one that you would expect. At the same time, I think that what I want to share with you guys this morning is often uh, something that we don't hear too much about, and that's fasting. Um, And so before you cringe up too much, uh, my hope and my prayer is that uh, God is uh, going to highlight to us Um, a little bit more about the gift that he's given to us in the place of fasting. Um, And we will look at this verse um, repeatedly um, as we talk about this, but in Matthew chapter 6, it talks about uh, three things. It's it's Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It's his inauguration of, hey, this is what the kingdom of God is going to look like, right? And in that, in in, in Matthew chapter 6, he's talking about acts of righteousness, ways in which we can tell God and show God how much we love him. And there's three things he talks about, giving, praying, and fasting. Now, most churches aren't too excited when they hear the sermon topic of giving, are they? Right? And I know it's, it's, for a lot of pastors, they all get all kind of a little squeamish. Oh, I got to talk about money. I got to do all this kind of stuff. But in fact, it should be one of uh, the, the topics that we talk about with great joy because it's actually a grace that's given to us in order for us to tell God how much we love him because of the great things that he's done for us. And then there's like prayer, and prayer's the same kind of way. And you would expect if you came on a Sunday morning to hear a, a word about prayer, right? Uh, because that's what we do as Christians. We pray, we talk to God, and he talks back to us. But then we get to this third one. And it's fasting. And usually when we think about fasting, we think, oh, man, that's for the spiritual elite. That's for those, those monks and those guys back in the day when they would, you know, uh, they would go and hide in a cave, you know, for 40 days or sometimes 40 years. And they would fast and they would walk out and they'd be glowing and, and you know, and all this kind of stuff. And, 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 and well, as long as our pastor and, and as long as the leaders of our church are doing those kinds of things, then that's probably a good deal. 
right? And, and that's usually what we think of when it comes to fasting. Or maybe that's the tradition I grew up in. Maybe, maybe that's a little bit different for you. But for Jesus, this is like Christianity 101. Giving, praying, fasting. He's like, as you live your life, these are the kinds of things that will show your righteousness towards God, right? Now, without getting too deep into that, I just wanted to like paint that as a, as a piece over this week, and I think I'm, I'm up here again in, in two weeks. So my goal is that we're going to open up the Bible, we're going to open up the Word, we're going to open up this, this thing called fasting, and we're going to look at it this week and then maybe again in, in two more weeks. And so whatever I don't cover, which is going to be a lot, uh, we'll, we'll jump into more. And I would love and appreciate your feedback too. Because here's the deal. Fasting, as I've, as I've just noted, we, we don't talk about it a ton. We may have personal conversations about it here and there. Like, oh, what about fasting? Like, do you fast? Or have you done a fast? Or, or, or those kinds of things. But this is something that's not only been given to us as a gift individually, but as we will look and see in the next couple weeks, uh, fasting is actually something that the Lord wants us to step into corporately. And when we do amazing, amazing things happen because of our, what begins to happen on the inside of us and our connectivity with God, okay? So I will tell you, I am not an expert on fasting. Uh, and just to give you a, just a little snippet real quick, uh, I, I probably just began to, well, I have began just to explore what fasting is biblically and personally and with our family, Tanner and I, uh, and even with our kids the last couple years. It's only been a couple years that I can honestly say that I've, I've been trying out this, this exercise of righteousness with God, okay? And so again, I, I come to you humbly this morning to go, I, I'm not an expert in this, but I want to glean from the Word of God. I'll share a little bit of my own experience because, and this is the last part of the introduction, I believe God is breathing on me. And if you guys were, were here with us um, two weeks ago, and, and, and that last week Gary was touching on this too, but we talked about the importance of hearing what God is saying right now, the rhema word of God, and how much that's very, very important for us, right? Well, I believe that one of the things that God is speaking to us as the church right now is, is he's emphasizing, he's putting a little um, exclamation mark, if you will, on fasting. It's always been there. But at times, the Spirit of God begins to move in the bride of Christ and begins to highlight some things that we've either missed, forgotten, or that's needed for the hour that we are in or about ready to step into. And I believe fasting is one of those things, okay? Um, and, and here's why. Um, I, I'm going to share a video with just a second, and I want, me, I want to tell you about that real quick. There was an event I went to uh, last year. It was last February, almost a year ago, and it was called The Send. Okay, and this was an event, it was a stadium event in Orlando, Florida, and it was a, specifically about bringing young adults, but any age was welcome, uh, to fill the stadium. It was a 12-hour event where there was prayer, there was worship, there was fasting, and there was exhortation and invitations to take the gospel and be sent out with it to their local communities, to your schools, and even to all the nations of the world. Okay, and, and here, I'm going to play this video real quick, and I want you just to get a snapshot of what this looked like. I think there was around 60,000 people that showed up, but watch this real quick. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> well, that's okay. Here's the thing I wanted you to see about that. There were 60-some thousand people that showed up 
to stand on their feet. Some people didn't sit down all day to worship and to pray and to cry out to God. And as I said, there was invitations given. And I don't know if you saw it, but this is what I wanted you to see. Out of all the invitations of people to respond and say, yes, I I want to step up and I want to take the gospel to my workplace, to my university, and to the nations, all those kinds of things. There were thousands of people that responded. But there was also an invitation for fasting. And, And I don't know, did you see the numbers on there? There was an invitation said, how many of you would begin to step into living a fasting lifestyle? And more than any of the other decisions that were made, 18,000 people said, I'm going to step into that. That's, a, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing to me. And it's not only just that event, but I began to see, and maybe some of you have as well, that God is moving and he's stirring other people and he's stirring the church around the world to go, fasting is important. Even over the last month or two, I've seen several different movements pop up and, and several key leaders within the church start focusing on this. And so this is why I bring this to us today, because I do believe that it's in the heart of God to give us the gift that is fasting, to connect to his heart in a way that only fasting enables us to do. Cool? Cool. All right. So, fasting 101. One of the primary things about fasting that we see in scripture is this. It humbles us. Uh, In the Jewish mind and even in their language, fasting was associated with the word humiliation or being humble. In Ezra chapter 8, verse 21, Ezra said, I proclaimed a fast that we might humble ourselves before God. The psalmist in Psalm 35 says, I humbled my soul with fasting. When Ahab responded to the words that Elijah the prophet had given him about judgment, he responded with fasting, he put on sackcloth, and then God commented to Elijah, see how Ahab has humbled himself before me. One of the Hebrew words that can be translated fasting can also be, as I noted before, translated humiliation. So for many of the Jewish mindsets that that would get us up to the New Testament, as we look at the Old Testament, it's over and over that we see this common theme of humbling ourselves before God. And that God responds when we humble ourselves before him. Other passages like 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14, which many people would be very like aware with. Uh, many of you know it. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, will seek my face, will pray, will ask for forgiveness, you know, all that, then I will hear from heaven and I will what? Heal their land. And again, in that scripture right there, when it talks about humbling yourself, it's that association with fasting. For some reason, in God's heart, when we humble ourselves, and let me make this note, it's not just through fasting, but I would say biblically, we see that the the connection between fasting and humbling ourselves, it moves God's heart. Now, I'm not going to sit here and ponder why that is. All I know is that's what the word of God says. It moves his heart. When we stop, when we deny ourselves things that our flesh would want, there's something within that, not just the physical action, but the the heart positioning of that that connects to the heart of God. And I would suggest that it's in this hour where we are 
inundated with comfort on every level, when we are inundated with entertainment on every level, uh, when we're inundated with something constantly in front of us, something constantly to stimulate us, or something constantly just to take the pain away for a little bit, that there's an opportunity for us to step in to humble ourselves. And as Gary even said, one of the things that we do in communion where we examine ourselves, fasting gives us an opportunity to humble our flesh and our soul before God and be able to say, God, I say and I sing all the time, I surrender all, all to Jesus, I surrender. And fasting is an invitation that God gives us to say, I'm going to take away the basic necessities of my physical body and I'm going to lean into the spiritualities or the spiritual sense of his connection, of his spirit connected to my spirit. Because all too often, and I know this from experience, in a subtle little deceptive way, the enemy begins to give us these things that make us comfortable. Now, is there anything wrong with those things in and of themselves? No. But over time, we become just not even aware of how much we lean into the things of the world. And instead of leaning in to the person of Jesus. Things like, you shall not live, uh, uh, or, <laughs> how's that? You shall not, <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> what? Yes, you shall not live by bread alone, but every what? Word that proceeds out of my mouth. Thank you, Gary. Right? And, and fasting invites us to enter in to make those promises and those connections with God become a reality in our life. It humbles our flesh, maybe when we haven't eaten food for a while. It humbles our flesh and our identity when maybe what we do is we fast not just from food but we fast from things that give us a sense of identity and comfort like social media or entertainment and instead we take those things and we we set those things aside for a season and we say God I want to examine myself right now and place myself before you for my spiritual sentence senses to be enlightened past my physical senses, right? Now, this is not to say, and this would be a false teaching, that God wants us to walk around hating our flesh. That's not what we're saying this morning. That's not what the Bible teaches, right? It's not that at all. But what it does say is this. It is there, again, I'll always say it again. There is a unique connection that comes when we fast to the heart of God. It humbles us. Yes, it breaks down personal pride, but I would say it also then breaks down at levels of corporate pride, right? Because again, I'm really good, and we all are in the Western world of taking care of ourselves, pulling up our, you know, a phrase in America, I don't know if you guys use it here, pull, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I have the ability and I have the strength to do the things that I need to do in order for my life to have meaning and to have purpose and to, and to be steady. Is that truly the case? Or is God inviting us to say, actually, I want to give you supernatural strength and power that only comes from me because actually my, Jesus, my son, is actually the one who sustains all things and who's in all things. And fasting is a beautiful grace. Again, it's a gift that God gives us. 
in a way that we can respond to him in love. So that's the second part. It humbles us, but it's also an act of love. And we look at Jesus for this. We do. In Philippians chapter 2, it just says that Jesus humbled himself. And how did Jesus humble himself? If Jesus, who was God, came to this earth and says, I understand the importance of humility. I understand what it means to walk in humility. How did he humble himself? It simply says because he was obedient. Right? Humbling ourselves. Another way, if you want to humble yourselves before God, it is to be obedient. But even in this situation, it says Jesus was obedient even unto death. Right? Jesus' love for the Father portrayed through obedience, even to the point of death. And then it was Jesus who told his disciples, hey guys, if you really, here it is, love me, then you'll what? John 14, obey my commands. And as we noted at the beginning, one of the very first commands he gave his disciples is this. When you fast, Matthew chapter 6, not if you fast or uh, when, when leaders around the area say it's time to fast, though that's important, we'll talk about that in the following week. But when you fast, Jesus, it was an understood thing that this is something that's a part of your life or should be a part of your life, right? So Jesus says, when you fast, do it like this. Again, we're not, we'll go into the a- aspects of what he was teaching there later. But fast. If you love me, you'll obey my commands. And as John says, Um, you know, if we walk like Jesus, if we follow like Jesus, then we'll do the things that Jesus did, right? It's an actually, it's an expression of love. And we see in Jesus the perfect expression of love to his father when he was obedient even unto death. And so for us, fasting can even, for some of us, we go, I I don't even understand it, and I don't even know where to start. For some of you, you just need to hear this. It's an act of, of obedience, which in God's eyes is an act of love. And in Matthew chapter 6, it talks about when you do your acts of righteousness, don't do it so that people will see it. And again, we'll talk about that part about, don't, about doing it in secret and all that kind of stuff. But he's saying this is an act of righteousness. This is a way that you could show your righteousness, your, your acts of righteousness, your acts of love, and you can give it back to God. And I don't know about you, I love to worship, I love to praise, and I love how the Spirit has just really revolutionized our expression of love and adoration and affection to God through worship, through singing songs. And I love how he's done that through through the place of prayer. But again, he's saying to us, another aspect of that is through the gift and the grace of fasting, where you can love me. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts 13 real quick, because I want to show you another real quick example of this. Acts chapter 13. Pull it up on your iPhone or your Android phone or your printing press version. Uh, Acts chapter 13, verse 1 says this. Now, there were at Antioch in the church that was there prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was also called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. Verse 2. While they, listen to this, while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting. Just, just stop right there. We see this, if you guys remember from two weeks ago, we see this 
um, this idea of ministering to the Lord with fasting back at the birth notes. Like two, do you remember that? Two weeks ago at the very end of the sermon, I was just talking about Anna and how Anna was this widow who for like, I think it was 60 some years um, after being widowed, would night and day minister to God's heart in the temple through worship, prayer, and fasting. And then here in the New Testament church, we see something very similar. We see this emphasis on ministering to God. What's another way of saying that? They were together loving Jesus because of how great Jesus is and how deserving he is of everything that he's done for us. That's another way of saying they were ministering to God. They weren't just ministering together. They weren't just gathering to minister together. They were gathering to love God. And one of the expressions of that, according to Acts chapter 13, is through fastings. Fastings is, again, I know it boggles our minds, but my prayer this morning is that it would sink into our spirit and that the word of God would aliven us in our spirits. Fasting is actually an expression of love towards God for what he's done. I'm not an expert in the kingdom of God, but I know it's usually flipped everything that we know in this world on its end and says, well, the way you think it's probably going to work is not the way it works from heaven to earth. But when you get on my page and you start entering into the things that I've shown and promised, then all of a sudden you begin to see me in a different light. You begin to experience me in a different light, right? We talk about that a lot here, from heaven to earth. And so here we see these guys, and I also think it's really important to note, these were the prophets and teachers. Just a little side note, I think this is cool. Prophets are listening to what God's saying right now, generally, right? We can, we can make that assumption. Prophets are going, Holy Spirit, what are you saying right now? What's the rhema word right now? And then you have the teachers. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm using a little bit of liberty. But teachers, they know the general word of God in and out, and it's important. The prophets and the teachers, the general word of God points to fasting as an act of love. And the spiritual word of God, what the Spirit is saying is, is express your love to God right now through fasting. So we see the prophets and teachers gathered together at such a time as that in order to express that something so foreign to our body, that something that's so foreign to our flesh as a way to love on God. And the hint on this for two weeks from now is this. When they loved God through fasting, a missionary movement broke out like the world has never seen. And we can trace our steps and our salvation back to this very moment. Why? Because people were just using the gifts of expression of love that God had given them to love him because he's worthy. And in that place, they heard what God was saying and they jumped on board with his plan. They jumped on board with his direction because they were able to see and hear clearly what the Lord was saying for that hour. That's why fasting is so, so important. So how does God deal and respond with us humbling ourselves and loving him this way? A few quick verses that I just wanna share with you. Um, and I can give you guys these scripture references later, but I'm just going to read through some of these real quick. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. I want favor. One's pride will bring him low, but he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. Do you hear the, 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 the reversal of the kingdom here? 
<laughs> Do you hear it? <laughs> One's pride will bring him low, but he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. He, God, has brought down the mighty from their thrones, and he's exalted those of humble estate. But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. This is how God responds to us with humble hearts. It, it stirs them up. Now, is fasting one of those things that we do just to get God to do something for us? Absolutely not. Fasting isn't a spiritual gimmick. As I know, you've probably heard before, it's not like a slot machine. It's not like, hey, God, I'm going to fast right now, so I'm going to pull this, and then all of the, the cherry is going to come across, and I'm going to get the jackpot, right? That's not what fasting does. It's not a way to spiritually twist the arm of God. That's why I started this out with fasting is first and foremost associated with humility expressed in love. Because if we get fasting wrong, which it's easy to do, just like every other religious activity, then we miss the whole point of our connection to our Savior and enjoying Him as He enjoys us. Right? But we see this, and we see God is moved by people who humble themselves. Did you catch it? He regards them. He gives favor to them. He, those people will obtain honor. They will be exalted. And he says exalted again. And then he gives grace to the humble. And a part of this is just a simple uh, invitation. If any of you need, not just to be humbled, but if any of you are looking for true honor and true favor in your life, there's an invitation not to say, hey, God, I'm going to fast now because I need that. I'm just telling you this is a promise of what happens when we do. Because when we do, you'll get wrecked by your own humanity, by your own weakness. And then you will end up crying out to God for the sustaining grace and power that he's always had available to us. Okay? That's what happens when we fast from anything. Whether it's food or, or some of these other things that, that, that we've mentioned. It moves his heart. Um, in Matthew chapter 6, as we referenced, when it says that, you know, Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to give, I want you to pray, I want you to fast. Um, actually, I'm just going to read that real quick to you. Matthew 6, 16 through 18, it says this. When you fast, we noted that, do not look somber at the hypocrites like the hip hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret, here it is, will reward you. Okay? Who doesn't like a good reward? Again, I hope you hear my tone in this. This is not something to go, whoo, reward, here we go, let's go. But there is an essence. We are his sons and his daughters. He's a really good papa. He's a really good father. And as any mother or father in here, which I know there's a bazillion, because we got, this is like 
a productive church. And there's babies all over the place. It's amazing. We bless that in Jesus' name. More babies, more kids. But as, 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 as uh, fathers and mothers, we, we love to reward our kids. When what? When they do what's right. When we see them uh, make decisions that, that bring honor to other people or bring honor to themselves or bring honor to God, we love to reward them. And some people like try to, they get a little funny about this when we talk about it with fasting because we're like, well, I know, it's just what the word says. He's, he's a good father and he goes, I will reward you. Now go back to the scriptures that I just read a few minutes ago. What are the rewards of giving, of praying and fasting? Because he says that about every single one of them. I would reckon that they are these things like, I will give you favor. I will give grace to the humble. I will honor you. And when you humble yourself, I will actually then lift you up among other people. And let me challenge you in this. If you're in the marketplace or any place, and if you're looking for promotion, ah, I dare you to, to put this into practice. Don't look for promotion by your own means. Look for promotion. Look for exaltation in a way that comes through humility. Again, we're not twisting God's arm here. We're saying, God, you are everything that I need, and you're everything that I desire. And where those desires are off, would you tweak them during the season of fasting? Would you, would you tweak those? Would you, would, you, would you turn every affection of my heart back to you? while we do this and God I trust you with the reward I trust you with how you'll honor and all of those kinds of things right I trust you with it but I want you Jesus I want you <laughs> okay a few, few little things here that I just thought I would share <laughs> when I fast this is me personally speaking um, it's difficult. Surprise, surprise. Okay? Because one of the things I want to do um, in this, as we talk about fasting, is try to be as real and authentic as possible. Okay? Because for some of you that, if you haven't ever fasted before, and you're like, well, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe I want to respond uh, to, to the Lord in this way, and I want to fast, I, I don't want to paint this picture of, you know, something that... It, it, what am I trying to say? I don't want to give you false expectations, okay? I'm giving you the word of God. That you put your hope and trust in, right? But I want to give you a picture of what this looks like because I think it's important that we do this together. And again, it's okay to fast together. And, and let me tell you this too. It's actually okay to tell the people around you, I'm fasting. It's okay. Now again, I know what it says in Matthew chapter 6 where it says, you know, don't do it to, to get righteousness. That's a position of the heart. But if you're fasting in your home, your family needs to know. Because <laughs> it will affect how you carry out your fast. Right? Tell your spouse. Tell your kids. What a great example. Right? If you need an extra grace for it, ask your closest confidants, your brothers and sisters in Christ, and say, guys, I've never done this before. I could really use a prayer. I've called on one friend of mine two or three times already uh, as, as, as I'm in the middle of a fast right now, a Daniel fast, we'll talk about that later, where I've just said, hey, buddy, I need help. I'm like, like my flesh is all like, blah, it's all out there, <laughs> right? Because that's what happens. That's what happens. All that stuff rises to the surface because we pushed it down so much by the comforts of our flesh, we don't even realize how much of our, of our, our 
our own pride and our own self is, is still lying right underneath the surface, right? But I call upon him and say, hey, I need help, right? So I don't want to get too sidetracked on that, but here it goes. I generally make, or I have a tendency sometimes to make fasting more about the physical part of fasting instead of the spiritual. I'm just being honest. Uh, I generally become more irritable, tired, and lethargic when I fast. You can ask my wife and my kids. Um, I usually become even shorter. I get grumpy. Um, it's not like this amazing thing happens when you fast, and like all of a sudden you're all walking around like a saint. Um, it's, it's usually the exact opposite. It's humbling. Uh, it's generally harder to spend more time in prayer for me when I fast. Why? Because my head's spinning. Because I'm uncomfortable. And I have to do the work of going, God, I want to meet you in this place. And I actually, I actually have to do the work of meeting with God so it doesn't just become a physical activity and a dead work. My flesh is generally exposed more frequently and more often, and I'm reminded of my weaknesses. Here's this on the other side, though. When I fast, I, I have moments of grace and spiritual joy. And I have a grace of awareness of his presence in my life that I don't normally have. I, I, I generally find deeper ways and affection. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I find deeper affection and ways to express my love and thankfulness to God because of my awareness of my great need for his sustaining power and presence in my life. I generally pick up more of what he's saying to me and in my life and with more frequently and, and with more frequency when I'm fasting. And then sometimes it's just a dry and hard place. Jesus, when he fasted and he chose that fast, I mean, I guess being in the wilderness, maybe you're kind of um, pushed into a fast because maybe there's not a lot to eat like that. But in, in the Gospel of Luke, right when Jesus was baptized and the Holy Spirit came upon him, it says the Spirit led him out into the wilderness. Jesus said, oh, I'm going to fast. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, right? And it was a dry, weary place. Now, I don't know what kind of connection he had with God during that time, but at the pinnacle of his flesh being exposed and being weak the most is when the enemy came to him. That's what happens sometimes when we fast. Sometimes we realize and go, this is not really producing much fruit in my life. And actually, I feel like I'm going the exact opposite direction. But it's in those times when we become aware that God meets us in the place of grace and humility. And can I say this? When we fast, I've found it is a fast track to seeing a renewed sanctification, seeing a renewed passion of love come forth. More than anything else I've done in my spiritual life, fasting has a way to expedite that. Maybe that's why they call it fasting. I don't know. But it's an invitation. Um, I think that's all I want to share uh, for today. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to share more practicals in a couple weeks. Here's, here's what I would suggest. Um, as, as I mentioned, there's different kind of fasts you can do. Um, just a very practical level. If you're wanting to jump in, I would not recommend jumping into a 40-day fast of, and only living off of water like tomorrow. I would not recommend that. Um, be wise. If you have medical conditions, if you have physical things that go on, you, you, you can like, adjust your fast 
if it has to do with food and those kinds of things. You can adjust your fast to what works for you and your body. Um, if, you, if, if, if you want to consult your doctor about it, consult your doctor about it. That's totally okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't make you any less of a faster or a lover of God. Because, again, it's about the, the proposition of our heart. It's about the positioning of our heart before the Lord that says, Lord, I just want to reach out to your heart. I want to reach out to your heart in a way that only fasting can do. And I don't understand it, God, but I understand your word, and I love you with everything I've got. And I want and desire to be in the fullness of your presence, to walk with you. So, again, practically, be wise about that. Um, you can fast from entertainment. You can fast from those kinds of things. Um, I, that's a great place to start. And you might go, oh, that's easy. Bruh. You know, cut, cutting Facebook, cutting Twitter, cutting Instagram, all that stuff. Just cut it out real quick. And you'll realize real quick how fast, I'm talking about myself, as soon as I get home and I put on the couch, what's the first thing I do? What am I doing? I'm looking for a place of rest. Maybe if I'm really honest, I'm looking for a place of identification. Right? Where could that be coming from? The Lord's whispering, hey, just let it go for a while. And as you can, just come and sit in silence. Come sit in my presence. Listen to my voice. Listen to me speak over you words of love and affirmation. Let me speak over you the, your, the trueness of your identity, not what other people think. Right? And it doesn't have to just be 40 days of fasting. As we'll look, in the, in the scripture gives us that there's no regulatory way of how many days that you should fast. We see short fasts. We see 21-day fasts. We see 10-day fasts. We see 40-day fasts. We see all kinds of stuff. Okay? Um, there's a lot of good stuff out there, mainly the Bible, that will teach us more about this, right? But I wanted just to whet your appetite this morning. Because as I noted at the beginning, the Spirit of God is highlighting this. And I believe it's this reason. is because the Spirit is pointing towards the groom. That's Jesus. And in the end of time, he'll say, um, it says that the, the spirit and the bride will say, come collectively. Because there's crying out to the one that they love. They're crying out to their bridegroom. And if the spirit is always pointing us to Jesus, then the spirit wants us to lay hold of every opportunity that we can have for our heart and our affection of our heart to be so tuned into the, the beautiful man, Jesus. Because we are the bride. And he goes, and God's saying, I've given you a tool and a way to connect to my heart and to his heart like no other. So the Spirit's grieving on this. And it's an opportunity for us just to say yes and experience his grace and his favor in a unique way. Uh, let me pray. God, we love you. God, I guess more than anything else, just move our hearts. God, we, we want to, we just want to live according to your way. And Jesus is the way. He's our way forward. He's the way maker. He, he shows us what to do. He shows us how to do it. Um, and Jesus, we just, I guess even this morning, can we just do this? Can we just humbly, um, like even right now in a place of prayer, can we collectively just humble ourselves before God?
the Gospel of Luke, it says that um, Jesus pointed out there was like a Pharisee, and he was talking about, oh, I'm glad I'm not like those people. Man, I, I give, and I, I fast twice a week, and I do all this kind of stuff, and I'm not like those people. And then there was a guy in the corner in the temple, and he was just beating his breast. He was crying out. He said, God, have mercy on me. Basically saying, God, I need you more than anything else in my life. And Jesus says, that's the guy who gets it. And Jesus, we walk in our sonship. We want to walk forward confidently in all of those things. But God, at the same time, we want to connect to your heart on a deeper level. So Holy Spirit, I just pray for the grace to give more generously than we've ever given. That you would give us the grace to pray more than we've ever prayed. And not just quantity, but quality. And Jesus, I ask that you would give us grace to fast like never before. To experience you in a way that only fasting, that gift, can allow us to, to do. Help us to see it's in Jesus' name.